And welcome to the Venue Solutions Audio Podcast for July 8th, 2010. This is podcast number four. I'm your host, William Sellers. I'm your co-host, Matt Wallace. And today we have with us a very special guest, our CEO, fearless leader, Scott Thompson. Welcome, Thank you, Scott. Matt. Thank you very much. Appreciate being here. So a little bit of um, housekeeping, housekeeping before we get started. Our website is www.venue.com. We also have a couple of Twitter accounts. We have at Venue, V-E-N-Y-U, and also a new one that we're uh, getting going is at Venue Cares, which is uh, gives our customers and potential customers a little bit of uh, more interaction with the engineers and sales team. Um, we have a DR seminar coming up. Matt, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we have a seminar next week, which is July 15th, Thursday. Um, Dell, Veeam, and Venue are sponsoring a seminar about virtualization and uh, how virtualization can help you in a DR in business continuity scenario. So feel free to go check out more details online, www.venue.com slash DR seminar. Yeah, well, the past few days we got all the uh, servers buttoned up and ready to go, and we're going to be replicating data right now from Boston. And I think we'll be Fantastic. having some good stuff. Yeah, I think the Veeam technology is some really interesting technology. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be doing a live demo during the seminar. Just a little quick background from our uh, our lab in Boston. We're going to shoot some data down to uh, to venue in Baton Rouge and do a live failover. So I'm real excited about With that. With some data center tours, as I understand, mm-hmm. right? As yes. Well? Yep. After mm-hmm. the seminar. Yep. Yeah, the Veeam product is, is, is brings a lot of a lot of advantages from things like uh, you know it takes the the things that we can do with SRM uh, from VMware, but brings it a lot more affordable to our mid range mid range clients and, and so on and so forth. So it's good stuff. Very good. Well, to talk a little bit about today's topic, security in the cloud. Uh, an article came out this week on, uh, I think it was Tuesday, it doesn't matter, from Network World. I posted a, a link to it on our Twitter account. So you can go check us out at uh, twitter.com slash venue. From Ellen Messmer, I believe. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. Um, so it identified a couple issues that IT managers are faced with and thinking about, concerned about, uh, regarding security in the cloud. A couple of these are SLA. Is there an SLA in the cloud? Uh, Location of their data. Where is their data if your data is in the cloud? Um, The other thing is just security of your data. Um, If if you have a a production server in the cloud, is is your data secure in that server next to somebody else's data? So, Scott, I know we've talked about this a lot internally um, here at Venue, and this is certainly near and dear to you. I'd like to just kind of go over a couple questions and a couple issues with you. Well, well, sure. I think the article brought up a lot of interesting uh, points. Uh, Number one, uh, I think the regulatory, the increased regulatory pressure uh, is creating some of this security concern. Just the... uh, for instance, as it relates to HIPAA or PHI, uh, patient health care information. Uh, certainly, <clears throat> with all of the penalties um, due, for, due to non-compliance or failure, mm-hmm. or if you have a breach of data security, uh, that's, that's just a, a huge issue for people who are, res- are entrusted with protecting health care data. But I also think it's um, probably a case where the regulatory pressure and the laws governing that are have not really caught up to the technology yet. 
So the technology mm-hmm. is running ahead as it often has. Sure. And you know we're still trying to you know develop security measures and or laws that you know try to enforce and or protect that, and they're, they're not linked yet. Um, as it relates to you know, an SLA, I don't think anything is being done differently than it was 10 years ago, for example, in, let's say, utility computing. I mean, we, we've, and let's even go further back than that. I mean, IBM has been doing, you know, time sharing of mm-hmm. computers for, you know, as long as they've been around. Right. So, you know, all these things that we think are really new and cool, you know, people have been doing this for a long time already. What so. things? Are you talking about cloud computing? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't get me started on cloud computing. I, I knew you were going to take us there, Matt. But, um, yes, cloud computing. Uh, and, and I define that as just where we leverage or share or utilize, you know, compute CPU resources and or storage resources, you know, in a remote fashion. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not located inside of your four walls, but it's somewhere else, and you're connected either via private circuit or internet to those compute storage resources. Sure. And, and my only point there is, yeah, we've we've coined cloud as as the thing that we want to refer to it as, but now it's almost become too ubiquitous. Where everything that right. we do now is mm-hmm. it's in the cloud. And we've been doing these kind of things. And, 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 and IT professionals, they're like, this is nothing new for us. We, we've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we, we can call it whatever we want to call it. But, but I think if we could just take a step back and, and look at this from an investment standpoint, or investor community standpoint, I mean, if you'll remember what happened around ASP and, you know, we had companies that did really nothing. Define ASP real quick for our listeners. Uh, application service provider. Right, yep. So it was kind of the first go around of this in you know ninety eight to let's say two thousand and one before the dot com mm-hmm, crash. Mm-hmm. So we had we had companies that were doing similar things to what we're doing now. We didn't have technologies like VMware <coughs> and or Zen in terms of that type of virtualization. But but certainly we enjoyed the ability to try to leverage you know, hardware for multiple clients out of one instance. Right? right. So when we talk about virtualization and or cloud, I mean, that can be delivered either, you know, with the current software, we have virtualization technologies like VMware and Zen in a virtualized software way on, you know, a single hardware or multiple hardware platform, or it can still be cloud and, and you be physical one-to-one mm-hmm. ratio. It doesn't always have to you know, it doesn't cloud doesn't always imply virtualization, although that gives you leverage and scale, right? So, I mean that, and, and some redundancy as well. But I, I think, I mean, outside of the security issues that the article brings up, I, I think uh, more importantly to our industry and and from an investment standpoint, I mean, we we had companies that were, you know, really built on nothing, and. People invested a lot of money, and there was nothing there. Right. So I, I think I think we need to be a little careful about how we characterize cloud. Mm-hmm. And the you know again, one of the impediments to actually doing this ten years ago was we just didn't have the pipe. We did not yeah. have the bandwidth, you know, really capable to deliver these types of services. So you know th- that's all changed, and certainly it's possible, and people are doing this now because of all of the. Uh, uh, 
data privacy concerns, uh, we've got a whole you know another situation to contend with. So I don't know that that was a long winded intro <laughs> to you know cloud no, computing, good. but. You made mention of bandwidth and what we have available to us now. Will, you've been involved in virtualization since it started back in the 70s. Uh, I don't know. Was it 2000? <laughs> I don't remember. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, McKinney, but, McKinney's going to be listening to this podcast. Right? <laughs> I'm prepared for the consequences. Um, do you see differences regarding what Scott's saying about uh, between virtualization, virtual hosting, and cloud computing? No, I think Scott definitely, you know, defined those those terms very well. Uh, you know, virtualization, as he was saying, is, you know, you're running operating systems and or services on uh, multiple operating systems, multiple services on one single piece of hardware or multiple pieces of hardware, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and, and you build these into like a cluster where you ha- may have 8, 10, 12, 50 uh, physical pieces of hardware that are facilitating maybe hundreds of virtual computers. And these virtual computers can be web servers, database servers, uh, e- email, and so on. But what we start looking at when we start looking at cloud computing is looking, instead of having these, 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 these clouds in one location, we can have maybe multiple locations. And these can be inside the same data center. Sure. Or these can be over geographic locations, okay? So we can have maybe a data center here in Baton Rouge where we have a, a, a private cloud Okay, where the cloud members are all the physical boxes mm-hmm. in a cluster. Mm-hmm. And then we can have uh, private clouds off-site, which are, um, are connected. So if we need to migrate data from one area to the next, from one private cloud to another private cloud, it's now doable. Okay, yeah. By doing things like SAN replication or host-based replication, by looking at the Veeam product, it allows us to do that. Okay. Uh, virtualization, everyone should know these days what that is and what, what yeah. brings you know what no that doubt. brings to the table. Uh, getting hardware out of the picture so you're not uh, you know bound to one piece of hardware. You can run Dell, HP, IBM, and so on. And your 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 virtual computer does not care. Okay, so you're hyper, you're, you're you're virtualizing that piece of hardware. And in managed hosting, you know, I, we we still do a lot of that. Well, and a lot of all of that um, kind of ties in. To what we do with with virtualization, we manage the, the infrastructure, we manage the SANs, the compute nodes. Um, we also have other hosted environment where we host email and so on and so forth. But I think Scott did a good great job of defining those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, and I also think so. You know, the main topic of the article, as it related to you know to IT security risks where cloud computing was concerned, was. kind of a throwback model to security in terms of, hey, the less information you have or the less information we give right. you, uh, the more secure it is. I mean, that's just ridiculous in this day and age. And so I, I agree with the contention that if, if your service provider isn't willing to share these things, I mean, if you're, if you're entering into a meaningful discussion with a service provider to do cloud computing, I, I, you're going to give your computing resources and mm-hmm. or data to somebody. In my opinion, and in my opinion, you're entitled to know anything and everything about where your stuff is going. And if you have someone who doesn't want to tell you those things, then you should run away quickly. The the, the article, and not to wrap SAS seventy, but I'm going to take this opportunity to do just that because they um, they talk about SAS seventy and really kind of how useless it it is in terms of. Um, helping you define any kind of a meaningful security level, uh, it, 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 it just does not accomplish that. So the fact that somebody waves a SAS 70 in front of you 
you know, certainly a SAS 70 class one is almost it is meaningless, and a class two, which is just the audit of what you say your policies yeah. are. Um, we do that. We go through that process every we, year. We do. I mean, so from an audit standpoint, it makes a lot of people happy, and and from a, a check the box standpoint, especially as it relates to Sarbanes and some other things. Right. I mean, companies have to be able to check that box. So while I understand why we do what we do. From a real security standpoint, it, it, it's meaningless. You have to understand, e- even from a SaaS perspective, you have to understand what that provider's policies are. Even in a SaaS 70 class two, and th- this is a ridiculous example that I'm about to portray, but I, my, my policy could say that I have no policy, <laughs> and I could get a SaaS. Now, right. y- y- there's not going to be any auditor that's going to be, you know, crazy enough to, to let me pass a class two SaaS audit with that, but. You have to understand what the service provider's underlying policies are before you can understand how they pass. Mm-hmm. So you need to look at their SAS report, make sure that th- those things are in line with what you're trying to accomplish as it relates to your data security and physical security, for that matter, of, of your data assets and or computing assets right. that you may place with a service provider. So the article does a great job of kind of bringing those to light. Um, the other thing I, that I found interesting in the article was most of the time, somebody like a Google or Amazon, I mean, I mean, the environments that these companies have created in terms of, you know, compute resources or cloud resources, there's a reason you're going to them and it's not always price, right? I mean, more than likely, what whatever they've established is put a multiplier to it but probably better than anything you were going to do yourself. And in terms of security, they're probably in facilities that there's no there's no way that you would ever be in yourself. I mean, you know, an individual organization unless you're an organization of such size that you you won't even oh yeah. you won't even entertain that yourself. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. just do it yourself. You won't give that to somebody else. So th- th- there's certain classes of um customers that are more you know, susceptible to use, you know, these types of resources than others. Right. And that's something that Matt and I were discussing earlier is a lot of the startups, you know, things like, uh, you know, very small IT shops or very small entrepreneurial, you know, startups that are coming coming up, they'll look at Amazon or, 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 um, or some of the other compute environments because they really don't, they really don't care where their data is. They really don't, you know, they'll have an SLA. But when you start looking at p- larger organizations, especially when you start looking at uh, federal government, local government, and uh, especially the healthcare industry, people really do care, where is my data? Well, the NSA is not going to outsource their email to Google, right? Exactly. I mean, that's that's <laughs> exactly. not happening. So California that, will. Uh, again, that, that that's NSA. kind of not a uh, probably a valid example. But th- there are just companies and or agencies, and uh, governmental agencies, th- th- they're just not going, and nor should they going to entrust their stuff to somebody else. So. Exactly. But, I mean, I do think that, you know, larger organizations who are uh, wanting to outsource their IT or virtualization, when they can look at a company like Venue, because we do have much more, you know, higher security measures on where we place our data, where we, you know, federate our own data internally, uh, I think that's a much, you know, very good benefit to them looking at a company like Venue. One of the issues that kept kind of popping up in the uh, in the article was about location, people mm-hmm. wanting to know. I, th- I think that was one of the strong themes there. They want to know where their data is. What do you guys think about that? I mean, do you, should people really be concerned with that in this day and age, or is that 
That's that actually one of the things that I kind of agree with Google on. I mean, they're they're um, um, technology approach in terms of striping, the, you know, somebody's data across multiple physical hard drives, and um, I, I think we're going to get to a point where. Why, why do we really care where the data is? What, what right. I really care is whoever I'm entrusting that to, what are their policies around the security of that data and, and how is it verified? I mean, if you just tell me, no, don't worry about it, then, then I become worried about it. Right. I mean, I, I, because in, in most cases, it, it's someone's job to be worried about it, right? To, to, especially if we're a publicly traded company, we, we have to represent that we do certain things. So we can't just accept, for example, no, 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 don't you worry about that. We've got it all under control. No, no I, I need to be able to prove to an auditor that these are the things that, that, are, that, is, that are happening to and with my data. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care so much about where it resides physically as much as I care about w- what are the policies surrounding its protection. So, I mean, that's just my thought. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You would agree, okay? Yeah, I think I think yeah. we're I think we're going to get to a point. I mean, the whole point of the cloud, really, right, is to is to try to create this ubiquitous environment, right? right. And right. so, if, if that's really the goal that we're after, then we're going to have to get over this. Where does it physically reside? I kind of I kind of liken this to uh, people who have b- before they enter a co-location or data center type facility, they have this hug a server mentality. Right? Mm. If they right. can't go and put their arms around it immediately. Um, they, 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 you know, they kind of freak out at first, but I, it it just takes a um, it takes a demonstrated track record with a vendor in order to you know gain and establish that kind of trust. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what it really comes down to. So, wh- why do we have most of the customers we have? Because we have great relationships with them, and we've proven throughout time that we take good care of them and their data and do a good job for yeah. them. And that's what I think it is for any service provider. So, yep. Um, Gardner Research released a report, uh, I believe it was a couple months ago, talking about uh, initiatives for uh, FY10, FY11, mm-hmm. top like 10 initiatives. And on enterprise and mid market, one of the the second initiative for both of them actually was looking into cloud computing. So it's definitely a hot topic. Um, do you guys see more and more businesses really moving production into a cloud-based environment? Or is it testing, a, a testing platform for them to develop? Is it more smaller organizations? I think it's it's, it's definitely large, large organizations. And I'm not going to say that they're moving all to a cloud, you know, an external cloud model right now. But everyone is definitely taking advantage of virtualization. Uh, you know, if you're not virtualizing your servers, you're kind of behind the ball at this mm, point. Yeah, now, yeah. moving everything into a cloud, you know, because the cloud is still being defined and what an external cloud is and how the clouds are federated amongst different companies, I think that uh, that may be moving a little slower and people are s- slower to adopt that, but it's, it's definitely um, on the horizon. Scott, I mean. Yeah, I, I, and, and I'm probably going to misquote this, but the McKinsey report that probably came out a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember. About cloud computing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they said that um, I, I believe it was in, it was greater than seventy percent of the benefits of cloud could be you know are accomplished through an organization just going to virtualization. So a lot of this you can accomplish yourself and or, or an organization can accomplish itself internally w- without really ever having to consider cloud. Right. 
So, but, but to William's point earlier, I, I think it's it's great in, in certain situations uh, for companies both large and small. So, if, if we took startups to small and medium business, I mean, oftentimes they just don't have the uh, human resource um, capital. Uh, to deliver IT solutions in as effective a manner as you know a large service provider might. As we move up to mid enterprise, you know, large enterprise organizations, they are probably more willing to hand over things that are non-strategic to them. Mm-hmm. You know, te- to your point, test environments and or um, applic- again applications that just aren't strategic to the to the operation of yeah. the business. I mean. For instance, you're not going to see IBM hand over their financials to a service provider. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's right. not going to happen. Of course. So, but would they give a business unit operating within IBM the ability to go use? Well, they, they wouldn't let them use Google Mail because they still use Lotus, right? <laughs> but, but but that's right. you know a, that, that a large concept. company w- w- would take a business unit perhaps and allow it to go do something sure. you know off campus, let's say. So, and, and you know, again, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that, and that that we haven't really touched on that that as we go forward in this cl- cloud model, trying to create this you know cloud be everything model is, and as 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 data protection service providers, we probably see this more than nobody wants to delete any data ever. Well, that's the truth. So. The, the problem really not it is not in the pipes. We have plenty of pipe and access now. How do we move ten terabytes of data around quickly and easily? Let's save that for the next podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 that is going that no, that's going right. to be the challenge. Magic so, bandwidth. Yep. So, well, okay. So obviously, folks are concerned about security in the cloud. Um, Will you and I talk today about security within the VMware infrastructure and mm-hmm. uh, within a VM farm? How there's virtual uh, private clouds, so to speak. Sure. Should people really be worried about that, or are there enough safeguards in place? Oh, I, I think you most absolutely you should be worried about um, you know how your data is protected, how your compute environment is protected, whether if it's at Google or or, or, or Amazon or at Venue, you know, make sure that you're that we're doing the job that we're we're set out to do in protecting your data. And I think we have uh, good measures um, in place to give that to clients and assure them that their computing environment and data and backups are, are, are protected. So I, I definitely yes, I absolutely think it's should be one of the most important things that people do consider is security of their data. I mean, Scott, you you'll probably oh, agree with I mean, that. A- absolutely. A- again, back to the and, and if you have a, if you encounter a service provider who's not willing to show you these things and share these things with you, run away. Yeah, as, usually, as the article it says, yeah. run away. Yeah, <laughs> run usually, away fast. Usually, when they tell you not to worry about it, is they don't have anything to give you. <laughs> so I don't saying, worry about. Don't it. worry about the man behind the, the curtain. It's right. all good. So yeah. it, that, that that should be your first indication that it's probably not all good. Yeah, and. You know, as you know, our policy here. I mean, we have a SAS, we have you know a quarterly security audit, and we're happy to share those results with the. Cu- we're not going to publish those results, obviously, but we're happy to share them with any potential customer who is considering using us for any of those types of yeah. services. We want them to feel, you know, secure and safe about 
the things that they give us and that, that they entrust us to. So well, we feel transparency is the best policy, or transparency within reason right. is the best policy. Just so that we don't have anything to hide. We, really. we, we, we do not have anything to hide, and so I think you mentioned about an SLA. I think SLAs are important only because I think they demonstrate that a service provider's willingness to stand up, you know, to do what they say they do. And you know, put some meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily. I think anybody would argue that uh, an SLA is probably not going to is not going to ever probably compensate you adequately in terms of if there's a breach of the SLA from a financial perspective. Right. Um, so. But but I think it does demonstrate a service provider's willingness to stand behind what he's what they say they'll do. Oh, absolutely, sure, absolutely. Well, that's it for me. You guys <laughs> have anything you wanted to add? Um, just a reminder of the DR seminar that's coming up. Uh, what's the date on that again? It's July fifteenth. It's 15th. a Thursday. It's uh, eleven thirty to two. It's a luncheon. It's free. Did I mention it's free? Um, that's always <laughs> we're gonna a good have. Thing. Uh, Dell in the house, Veeam here as well, and uh, again, us, of course, being a, a co-sponsor of that. Uh, we'll be doing a live failover using Veeam's technology, demonstrating how that works and how uh, organizations can roll that out into it's really their great. It's really great technology. So Yeah, it truly is. Show. And we'll put a link to Ellen... Uh, Ellen Mesmer's um, yes. article in it was in a the, great it was, it was a great article. I think I thought she did a great job of kind of covering the whole the gamut. subject matter. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. She did a great job. All right. Well, Good until job, next time. Alan. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.